I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP Show. My intention is that you listen to the stories of these MVP guests and are inspired to become an MVP and bring value to the world through your skills. If you have not checked it out already, I do a YouTube series called How to Become an MVP. The link is in the show notes. With that, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from Norway. In 2021, she received her first MVP award. She's a blogger, active community contributor, and has the honor of being part of the Portals Zero to Hero League. She's a leader in the committee for the Arctic Cloud Development Challenge, a three-day hackathon in Oslo that runs every year, and she's one of the leaders of the Oslo Power Platform and Dynamics User Group Collaboration. She's rated as a top 50 woman in tech in Norway. Uh, Check out the show notes, and you can see her Twitter, LinkedIn, blog, and all those great things. Ulrike, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mark. (laughs) That was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Did... Did I get your name right? Tell me, what's, how do you pronounce your full name? If I would say my full name in Norwegian, I would say Ulrike Akerbeck. And I know that's really hard. Yes, that's, that's hard. So yeah, I, and I studied it's awesome in, though. It sounds so nice. <laughs> thank you. But I studied in, uh, in England, in Nottingham for half a year, and then they just called me Ricky at, at, yeah, at the end. Is that no right? One, yeah, no one yeah, yeah. bothered anymore. So. <laughs> hey, no- Nottingham is a nice place to be, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that's brilliant. Oh, I love it. It was very good. I made friends for life from all over the world. That was a great time. Don't they claim they have the oldest pub? You know, that's oh, kind yeah, of built into the side of that castle? Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, the oldest pub in the world. I've been there a few times. It's, it's pretty amazing. Because I think every town in England has the oldest pub in the world. Uh, but but Nottingham for sure for sure that's in Nottingham is the right one. <laughs> I love the way it was built. Yeah, built into the into the into the what that kind of cliff face, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and then and the castle, the old castle with the, with the grounds, and they have this beer festival once a year. You get your own beer cup, and you can go around to all the beer bottles and all, all the beer producers, and you can just yeah get get your tip off. So that that's great. Yeah. So good. Do, do you know, I'll give you my my fun fact um, from Oslo. And it's not something that kind of affects males so much. But um, I had a friend from Sydney who went and lived in Oslo for maybe four or five years. She works uh, for Google. And um, a foundation um in Australia, New Zealand, that type of thing, um, or moist, skin moisturizer, sorry, moisturizer, facial moisturizer, is water-based. But in the Nordics, it's oil-based because water-based freezes and hurts your face. And I never knew that there was like 
a difference between oil-based and water-based uh, moisturizer and the freezing cold temperatures. Oh, poor thing. I hope she's all right. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. She learned very quickly, of course. And, yeah. yeah, you will learn that pretty quickly. And you also learn during the winter season not to shower and just go outside because your hair freezes and it breaks. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. Do you know some of the best sushi I've had is in Oslo? Down on the on the waterfront. Wow! Mm-mm. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's the first time. You know the green stuff with sushi. What's it called? Uh, wasabi. Wasabi. Yeah. It's where I've had proper wasabi. Was in Oslo, and it was amazing. Amazing. The guy came and grated it at the table. Um, it was incredible. Oh, yeah. that sounds great. Top notch. Wonder if that place is still here. How long is it since since you've been here? Yeah, it's down. You know where. Um, Ah, oh, how would I describe it? You know, there's a big kind of, uh, I'm going to say, a brown building. It's like a very art kind of center with a lot of artwork on the inside and outside of it, um, down where, and there's kind of like a whole new area where like Google have all their offices and all the tech businesses have their office area. Um, it's where you catch the ferries and stuff to go out on the fjords. Um, it's in there, there's the restaurant. I think I know the building you're talking about, and I don't think Google's there anymore. How long could it be since you've been there? Oh, well, I came back from London just before the pandemic started, so 2019. So I'm pretty sure in 2018, 2019, I went there. Um, also, I did a 365 Saturday in the Microsoft office there with, um, Did you? I don't know if you went to that about two years ago, three years ago. Was that before they moved, um, for, before Microsoft moved offices? Because now they're down in the city center and, and used to be way out. Do they have a big giraffe on their wall? Not now. Painted on the wall in their office? <laughs> oh, not, I just remember they had a big giraffe painted on the wall. <laughs> I'll look at it next time I'm there. <laughs> classic, classic. This is not the normal way I run a podcast, by the way. This is so all over the place. Um, no, it is not. Yeah, because the other... Th- the other thing about Oslo I like is the Vikings, of course, and the big Viking museum and things like that. It's and and, and the park with all the statues. Yeah, I know. The park with yeah, all the statues. Great. That's awesome. And you know, when you're Norwegian and you're in Oslo, well, I'm going in to Oslo uh, later today, actually, uh, staying over um, until tomorrow. But when you're native, you're so lazy. You don't go to visit those places, and it's it's so sad. You should be. We should be. We were good during the pandemic to be tourists in our own uh, in our own country, but we didn't go to Oslo because we go to Oslo all the time. So we went all over the place in Norway and visited all the nice places we have. But also. It's, kind of last on the list uh so we 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 were tourists in our own city uh went to see all the different things that are here but we never ever thought about going to Oslo because that's so boring we're there all the time so yeah maybe you should do that next yeah have you done the big fire the bonfire you know where they make these the big bonfire once a year that tower it's the biggest bonfire in the world um probably bonfire is not a word all the crates yeah yeah yeah, 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 all the plates and they set on fire yeah, I saw it on TV. Wow, Didn't cool. it fall on at some Oh, point? have you not gone to it? Have, have, no, have you, no, no. They do it each year, right? Oh, yeah. It's it's a. I think it's a tradition of Norway. Oh, really? No, I, I, I've only seen it once and uh, never ever thought about going. <laughs> but it seems the, really cool. The other thing is crayfish parties. Crayfish, that's Norwegian, right? Crayfish parties? No, that's Swedish. So that would be kreftskiva. Uh, so that's Swedish uh, tradition, I think. I, Okay, so then is there 
because once again, this friend of mine who was in Australia, she would make us, and she never went to to um, she never went to Sweden. She was only Norway. But do they call them crawfish parties or or? Um, yeah, that's yeah, about but it, it then, wasn't Swedish. I, I thought it was Norway. Oh well, maybe maybe she got to know some because you know uh, before um, in twenty oh eight, I think there was a financial crash. We lived in Sweden at the moment at that time, and it was no jobs to be found. So we got you know all the young Swedish people came to Norway, uh, and they settled here, and we call them party party Swedish. We call them uh, party sandskat. So they would come over here and they would work and they would party. And so many of them stayed. And so we've seen the couple, last couple of years, we've seen so many Swedish traditions. Because uh, we live, I, I can I can run to Sweden from here. Uh, so on my daily run, I could easily, you know, just run. Over. And we were there yesterday, so this is really close. But in also, they don't get that much influence. But we see that now. It's coming so much of the Swedish traditions. We see them further north further north than we did before so uh probably probably because of that i think wow wow so here we are we're 11 minutes into a podcast and i haven't even started the podcast yet um uh, well i did the introduction <laughs> yeah you did while we're while we're chatting um i i wanted to say hi from my boss I started a new at the new company the second of May, and my boss is called Lisa Eastgate, and she's actually from New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. So she's in Syria. A kiwi. That's incredible. A kiwi. <laughs> no, she's from, so cool. I know. <laughs> so uh, when I told her I was going to be on a podcast with you, she said to send her hi. Since high oh, that's so cool. <laughs> high back. That's so cool. I love that. I love that. Oh, that's nice. Tell me, tell me, you've started at a new company. What what do you do as an outside of IT? What do you do when you're not ITing? Oh, I do so many things. I don't know how I got time to be an MVP at all, really, because my life is already full as it is. I have a husband, for first and foremost, so he takes up a lot of my time. Uh, and I have two kids, one who's uh, my uh, youngest boy is four and my oldest daughter, she's uh, nine. And they keep me occupied, of course, uh, sleepless nights and a lot of activities during the day, of course. Uh, and then I'm a, I'm a gardener. So in Norway, we have half a season only. So now in May, when everything kicks off, I, I love it. So my birthday is the 24th of May, so I love May anyway, but this is the best month. Everything comes to life. Everything's green. You can see things growing. You can hear the trees, you know, making that little noise when the leaves pop. And I just love it. So I, I garden and I um, and I love to grow our own what vegetables. Type? What type? Oh, um, Okay, so vegetables? Yeah, sure. And then and, and flowers. I, I love roses. And I, I'm really a 90-year-old 90 year old lady inside <laughs> uh, so uh, that's me and then during the winter I, I love to to sew clothes so I I sew for my, myself and my daughter uh, I love to fix so it really started you know when the kids are small and they're all on their hands and knees all the trousers had big holes in them so I just cut them off and I I, I sewed them so they were shorts I made them into shorts, and that's where it started. So, uh, and it just cut off from there. So that's what I do during the winter. Uh, and then uh, a couple of months ago, from my from my aunt, I got this um, 
this this box and she's like okay I'm gonna give you a gift and it's alive and you need to feed it every day and I was like shit what is this and then it's it's a sourdough starter so I need to feed this thing yeah I know and you need to feed it every day what it gives in return is the most delicious bread you'll ever eat so I, you know, twice a week I make bread and I do it differently every time. It comes out differently every time, but it's the best bread in the world. So that's my current, uh, my, my most recent <laughs> hobby. I, I, I love it. You have a, a lot of passions similar to mine. Now, audience, I'm sorry you don't get to see this, but these are all the seeds that have just arrived today from I just I, I buy all these unique seeds from people that just, you know, they share their seeds with you and like and buy it online. And I'm always looking for things that you just can't buy from a store, you know, that are totally unique. And I like to propagate them and just see what happens. Let's see what, you know, what we can grow. So vegetables as well as native trees to our countries. And then this month I have planted over a thousand bulbs. So, you know, tulips and daffodils and because we're at the opposite season to you. So we're going into our winter. So hopefully in spring, I'm going to get a field of, of uh, flowers. Oh, you need to send me pictures of that. The plan. That would be amazing. Because yeah. you're living out in I the countryside. I will put them on my now, Instagram. Yeah. 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 I live in the countryside. So, because um, I listened to your podcast, was that with um, Marcus? Uh, when you told about, you know, when the pandemic started and you moved out to the country and the barn <laughs> that you fixed up, how's that going? Yes. It's good. This is, I'm in it. This is it. Now it looks more like a house inside than uh, a barn, but uh, it's very good. And next year I'll start building my house. So, oh, that's cool. So the whole family's with you and you. How did yes, it yes. worked for you? Worked out well for you during the pandemic? Yeah, my wife works at Google, so she works remote. I work for IBM Australia, so I work remote. You know, living in New Zealand, but that's the thing: the pandemic has opened new opportunities in tech. Right, you can work for companies that are geographically miles away, but uh, we're doing this now on Starlink. So you know, Elon Musk provides the internet connection. So wow, that's cool. Oh, what the world Anyhow, this podcast is about you. This podcast is about you. Um, how did you become an MVP? Well, first, how did you get involved in, in Microsoft? And then how did you become an MVP? All right. So I've worked for um, a Microsoft partner for the last 10 years. Started as a SharePoint consultant, actually. Um, and then I went on maternity leave. And when I got back, they had moved SharePoint to the cloud. Uh, and then they threatened to take away SharePoint Designer, and I was a I was working with SharePoint branding, so um, they took my job away, basically. And so I thought, all right, so what else can I do? What what's in the Microsoft um, spectrum or in in this in this space that I can do? Use my because I'm a web developer, I'm a communicator, I'm a graphic designer, uh, and I, I work with with UX. So I thought, all right, so what can I do? And they just bought. ADX Studio that we now know as Power Apps Portals. And so I thought, all right, that's that's public web. And I've always worked with customers that wanted to turn, because in, in the beginning, or in 2012 and 2018, I think you can you could have SharePoint as a public-facing website. So I'd That's work, right. Yeah. That's right. So, then they took it away, right? Oh, yeah. I, I was grateful because that's trying to... A hammer in a nail with a screwdriver. I think you know it's not the right tool for it, and find something else. 
Uh, but when you're a consultant on the lowest level, it's not always that your opinion is heard. So I, I did it anyway, but that's another story. So I I turned to 8 Studio and I thought, all right, this fits me well. This, this fits what I want to do. I want to work with UX. I want to work with the end user. Uh, so this is my opportunity. Uh, and I was actually so grateful that they, they they sent Shepard to the cloud after that. But, you know, we had all the, the black belts. So we had... Um, uh, Nick Dolman, when we had uh, uh, Nick Hayduke and, and and Jim Novak and all these great uh, people that came with with the product from ADX Studio, but uh, there was not a lot of content other than that. So I, you couldn't search for anything. There was there was no documentation. There was nothing. It was just a big void, and so I I, I scrapped and I, I figured things out on my own. And then I started the blog mostly for myself because I have the worst memory ever. So if I ever solved a problem, I needed to make sure that I didn't try to solve the same problem again. So I created a blog post for myself with just screenshots and blah, 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 what I did. Um, and then and then I just published it on a web. My, my husband's a web developer, so he just created a WordPress blog for me. Um, and, and that's where it started, really. And then just kept it going. And then I saw that other people liked my content and, and used it and started answering questions in, in the community forums. Uh, and then whenever I would answer something, I would create a blog post about it because then I could share it with, with other people. And then I just organically grew from there, I think. I like it. I like it. And and you're so right. But the, the, about those three guys that you mentioned, they're all technologists. None of them are designers. Oh, that's true. Right. That's so all right. their all their all their content was technology related. But you know, I love that you've come at it from a design angle. My question for you is, and I challenge you know um, my teams, if I could look at your portal, and I can tell it, it's a, and I I loosely say an ADX Studio portal, or let's say a Power Apps portal, or let's call it. Let's just leave it as a Power Apps portal at the moment um, because the announcements haven't been made. But could I look at the portal and know that it was a Power Apps portal or would I look at it and go, wow, I wonder what technology this is built in? Because I find that so many portals look like Power App portals. Like just because you change the theme doesn't mean you've done anything revolutionary, right? Do your portals look awesome? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love it. I love no, it. No, but the, the real the real big projects that I've done, they don't look like portals at all. That being said, though, it's not really portals that's the issue. It's the bootstrap. So you can also look at other websites and think, oh, look, this could be a Poros portal if you're not from the web development uh, world. But I would recognize, oh, this is bootstrap. And we're stuck in bootstrap 3.5. In, in portals uh, and if and now we have bootstrap five is out there so this it's a gap we we need to fill that gap Microsoft need to figure out how to uh, update that because that will bring so many more possibilities in regards to how you can structure your site and then mark there's an also another thing and that's you know web standards. So you should not have your logo on the top right hand side. You should not have your menu on the right on the bottom. You should have some kind of standard, and and that's what I think is good 
with Bootstrap and and perhaps portals being that low code framework kind of product that it is, it should be web standard first so that if any quotes idiot goes in and, and creates a portal, it should be uh, accessible. It should be web standards. It should be design patterns. It should be um, SEO in regards to search and Google, you know. So that should be out of the box. And that you could not have a radical design that way. So, And then it's up to us as designers to do it right and to do it with all those criteria still in place after, you know, we've had our customer, yeah. So, but but I, but I, I do, I, I think you get your point where uh, we could do so much more. So, I, and I think the the web's so boring these days. Everyone's, uh, and I just had this discussion with my husband the other day that, you know, back in the 90s, web design was creative space. And you could have this um, this bat following your mouse, uh, the, the pointer and or the cursor. Uh, Adobe Flash, right? Yeah, Adobe Flash back in the day. That was awesome. <laughs> you could do whatever. Action Splash screens, splash <sighs> screens on a website. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. That was great. Loading, you know, uh, waiting, anticipating that loading bar when you got and you had to load everything. It was amazing. And where do you see that now? Even And I, was, I loved artist websites. So bands and artists back in the day when, when MTV was big, oh, that was amazing. And you don't see that. Even even artist websites these days, MySpace ruined artist websites, just, just to point that out. So that was MySpace's fault. But even after that, now they could do so much, much cool stuff and they don't. So, and, and, and it's like my husband pointed out that, well, websites are dead, aren't they? Because no artist today would spend money on a good website because it's all social media and TikTok anyways. So no one would ever see that website. So that's probably why they don't invest as much as they did in that. So it, it it's I think I think he has some validity in that. I used to always say it's so important to have your own website because that's your home. That's where everybody comes to and don't trust a social media platform because that may change their algorithms, et cetera, and deprioritize you. Still believe that. But um, I think to funnel people to ultimately your brand, I think it is, you know, like TikTok is today, you know, is that brand you're seeing Facebook go out of popularity. Um, you mentioned there, um, oh, what, what did you say it was? That killed the artists? My, you know, for people listening to this, okay, that was the predecessor to Weibo, which was a predecessor to Facebook. That was way back in the day. You can Google it, and uh, I think Justin Timberlake owns it now, or something like that. <laughs> I remember all. I remember that journey. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Ricky, it's been good talking to you. Thank you for coming on the show. Oh, it was really, really nice talking to you, Mark. We should do this more often. It was really great. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 Guy. If you like the show and want to be a supporter, check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 Guy. Thanks again, and see you next time.